This is the Nun Report. I'm Dan Nunn. This is where we talk truth, freedom, and a little bit of weirdness on an almost daily basis. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today is Monday, January 16th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, that's, that's, that's a good thing. And it's something that we need to remember. It's something that ties in with what we're going to talk about today. I could talk about, <clears throat> man, I got a great way to start a show. I could talk about the World Economic Forum. I could talk about the fact that they found more classified documents then were originally disclosed uh, with, in Joe Biden's residence. I could talk about the fact that our rights are under attack with the pistol brace uh, ban and also kill switches in cars. There's a lot that's going on that I could talk about, but I thought today I would cover something that's, that's near and dear to me, and I would hope that it is to many Americans. Unfortunately, it's been lost on the Gen Z generation. I think it started really in the nineties and I think it started with education. It started with a social disconnect from reality and from people as the internet took off. And as our education system became more and more about equity rather than exceptionalism. And they started teaching, uh, you know, social issues rather than actual history and reading and writing and arithmetic. And that is American exceptionalism or the American dream. If you will, you can call it either. But the fact is that, Somewhere along the line, the American youth lost the idea or the foundation in a large way of what it means to be an American and the fact that American exceptionalism is a good thing. It's not to be demonized. And I think there's a lot of reasons behind that. As I said, some of them are also extremely nefarious. I think that we have a political class and a a deep state class that wants to put the people down, that wants to keep us mediocre. If we live a life of mediocrity, they live the life of kings. Because you see, the only thing that, that, that um, equity serves, and the only way American exceptionalism works is with structure and rules and laws. And we're going to touch, we're going to cover that as we go forward. And that benefits the many. The way it does not work is by no laws or lawlessness, hopelessness, mediocrity. And that benefits the few. And that would be the political class. Today's youth care more about equity than they do about exceptionalism, even if that means everybody lives in mediocrity. And it's sad to look at. It's sad to see. I don't think that it's it's hopeless. I don't think that uh, it, it's dead. I think that it's something that we can certainly revive and something that needs to be revived if this country is to survive. But when you go around destroying businesses, allowing cities to burn, call for defunding the police, allow the country to be invaded along the southern border. When you pit one race against the other and make it about the color of their skin more than the content of their character. That is a recipe for disaster. That is a recipe that will destroy this country. And without the American dream, there is no America. It ceases to exist. It becomes yet another social despot run by a political class of elites that care about themselves and their power more than they do about their country and the country's citizens. So let's dive right in here. 
Benzie adults have much lower trust in government institutions than older generations. They are also much less likely than older cohorts to say they are proud to live in the United States. With a net share of just 16 points, Gen Z clocks in 20 points below millennials and a whopping 57 points below baby boomers. Zoomers' lack of a sense of American exceptionalism relative to older cohorts may be due to their exposure to COVID-19 lockdowns, social unrest, and graphic images of police brutality at the age of 18 to 25, a formative period for political views. Morning Consult took a look at Gen Z and the future of corporate activism. To hear There's something worth checking out if you want to see it in its full, but and the, and the education system reinforces this. The idea that kids go to school for, if they you go to upper education, 15, 16, 17 years of their lives or more. And they're being fed a social justice form of history of the United States. They're being told that white people bad are bad. They're being told that the police are bad. They're being told that all the things that this country was founded on, including the right to free speech, freedom of religion, the right to keep and bear arms, all of these things are under attack and it's being reinforced by our education system. From the time our kids are five to the time they're out of college at 22 or 24, no wonder they're so fucked up when they come out. No wonder they don't believe in American exceptionalism. No wonder the American dream is dead because they've been told that everything about it is bad. I came across this video and I, and I looked across this guy's, uh, this guy's stuff and, on Instagram and, um, and he basically goes around on the streets of New York and asks people different questions and just lets them respond and, and gets the response. Many of his questions revolve around uh, what do you consider to be successful? What do you consider to be rich? What do you consider? And this person's response is actually what, what spurred me to want to do this show today because I saw this over the weekend and I was like, how sad is this? How sad is this that this man at his age, he doesn't look that old, has basically given up and decided that a life of mediocrity as long as he has a roof and food and heat, that's all he wants. And when you decide to, to, to settle for that, when you decide that that's all you need and all you want, that's exactly what the political elite want you to do. And that's exactly what they're pushing you to do. They just want a class, a peasant class of mediocrity sitting around just being happy to have a roof over their head and food in their mouths while they run around the country. They're not going to stop driving gas vehicle cars. They're not going to stop flying around the country. They're not going to stop vacationing. They're not going to stop using gas stoves. They're not going to stop having armed security around them at all times. Those are only bad for you. See, for them, it's fine. And when you cave to their pressures and their psyops that have been going on now for decades and you buy into their bullshit, that's the end of this country. Check this out. It's sad. 
How much money is enough money? See, a long time ago, I would have told you as much as you can make wouldn't be enough. But now I feel like if you have enough money to enjoy the little finer things in life, you have more than enough. If for you being able to afford groceries, having a little place to stay, not necessarily buying a house, just having like a nice, warm, cozy place to stay, having food on your table, just the minimum, you should have the potential for happiness. Having too much money, there's no point. Change that for you. What was that perspective shift? I mean, there was a time where I was making like a decent amount of money, but I found myself not being financially smart about the way I'm like, I'm spending my money. For me personally, what changed everything is going on those hikes alone. I go throughout the whole year. I go like a lot in winter. I go once a week or once every two weeks at least. And every time I come back from the hike, I feel extremely humbled. Like at the end of the day, I feel like that's all I need. I'm out for like six, seven hours a day and that's all I do. And it costs nothing to do. And it's like the best thing ever. There's nothing I'd rather do more than just that. He's given up. And you can still do those hikes and you can still be one with nature and you can still do all of that and still be successful. You can still thrive for success. You don't have to settle for mediocrity. What does money give you? What does a lot of money give you? Well, it gives you the ability to help others that aren't as fortunate as you are. It gives you the ability to perhaps start a business and employ a lot of people. It gives you the ability to pass on to the next generation if you plan on having children a life that is better than the one that you live. Or, this guy sounds like he came into some hard times. He wasn't very smart with some money when he was making it. And he's given up. And so many of his generation have done just that. They've given up. They've given up on the fact that there is still an American dream. That there is still an ability to be exceptional. And that it's okay to be exceptional. It's okay to want that. It's okay to desire that. It's okay to go after it with every sense of your being. It's okay to have goals. It's okay to want to be wealthy. It's okay to want to have things. It's okay to want to help other people, start a business, employ people, and contribute to America and contribute to society. Financially, as well as personally. You can do it all. You don't have to, doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be a life of mediocrity versus a life chasing the dream. Now, I agree that, you know, there is a sense of humbleness you need to have. There's a sense of, you know, humility that people need to have. I get that and I don't disagree with it. But this person's just given up hope. Just given up hope. What is the American dream? Well, you know, historically, it's a, it's a sense of upward mobility. You know, people, uh, you could go back, what's well, a house with a white picket fence, uh, you know, two and a half kids, two and a half cars, uh, that sort of thing. And you could go that way, but, you know, really, and, and like everything else uh, that society is trying to do today, they're trying to redefine everything when it doesn't really need to be redefined at all. It is what it is. What is the American dream? And where did it come from? What does it mean? The American dream is a belief that anyone, regardless of where they were born or what class they were born into, can attain their own version of success in a society in which upward mobility is possible for everyone. Basically, equality, that everybody has an equal chance to be successful if they apply themselves, if they make the decision, if they put in the effort and the time, if they have a good idea. The American dream is believed to be achieved through sacrifice, risk-taking, and hard work rather than by chance. And I agree with that. 110%. If there was such a thing as more than 100%, that's how much I agree with it. It continues. 
Understanding the American Dream. The term was coined by writer historian James Truslow Adams in his best-selling 1931 book, Epic of America. This was during the Great Depression. People needed hope. They needed something to, to dream about and, and believe in and look forward to. Times were bad. Times were hard. Times were bad. Put those words together and you get what I just said. He described it as that dream of a land in which life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement. Adams went on to explain, it is a difficult dream for the European upper classes to interpret adequately and too many of us ourselves have grown weary and mistrustful of it. It is not a dream of motor cars and high wages merely, but a dream of social order in which each man and woman shall be able to attain the fullest stature of which they are innately capable and be recognized by others for what they are, regardless of the fruitous circumstances or birth of position. In other words, created equally with the right to pursue happiness, the right to pursue success. It's not given to you. But the dream is that we all have the ability to achieve that. The idea of the American dream has much deeper roots. And this is fundamentally, this is, so you can say it's about success, financial success, the white picket fence, the house, the cars, financial security. But it's really much more fundamental than that. And and, and that's what I want to talk about. That's where I want to go with this. Because it's so much more fundamental in this country, and in mankind in general. And it's something that we need to get back to and something we need to believe in, something that Dr. Martin Luther King believed in very deeply. The idea of the American dream has much deeper roots. Its tenets can be found in the Declaration of Independence, which states, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It doesn't guarantee happiness. But we have the God-given right to pursue that. So it goes much deeper. We're about halfway through. And I thought I would drop uh, a portion of the I Have a Dream speech right here. Because it seems relevant and it seems like something that, uh, that is meaningful. I've listened to the entire speech today a couple of times. And I think it's important that everybody does. Because rather than being divided by color, which is what the political class is doing to us right now, even the civil rights leaders They're not looking for equity. They're doing just exactly the opposite. They're not judging people by their character. They are almost exclusively putting everybody into a box based on the color of their skin. It's division. It's divide and conquer. And if we let it continue as a nation, as a society, the only people that will win are the political elite. And they will rule over us. And the weaker we become, the harder they will push down that heel on our backs. It's happened throughout history. I don't have to make this up. 
All I have to do is look back at societies where this has taken place before. And with that, let's listen to a great, great man. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. Yes. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. And what a great, worthwhile dream that is. And what a way to articulate it. If you have the time today, look up the entire speech and listen to it. Learn from it. Glean something from it. This is not what we're doing today. What is going on today is abhorrent. You have an education system and a political class that is encouraging Americans to do exactly the opposite of what Dr. King wanted. What he preached. What this great speech promoted. And that is unity. Black kids and white kids holding hands. Being judged by the content of your character, not the color of your skin. And today we have a society that does exactly the opposite and tries to demonize. White people are bad. All white people are racist. We need to have appropriations and give money back to black people who are descendants of slaves. We need to give the inner city more hand up because they can't figure it out on their own. It's racist to require a voter ID. It's racist to do this. It's racist to do that. Always making people of color victims. Separating us by the color of our skin, judging us by the color of our skin, hiring people, giving them scholarships based on the color of their skin. This is not Dr. King's dream. This is a fucking nightmare. And I hope that a lot of people realize that. that the exact opposite of what he wanted is happening. In order for people to achieve the American dream, in order for American exceptionalism to continue to exist and thrive and grow, you can't have lawlessness. There needs to be structure. There needs to be stability. It's a must. Because if 
The hopelessness, lawlessness, that benefits the few. It benefits the ruling class, the political class, if you will, and the puppet masters that are up there above them. That's who benefits from lawlessness. The people benefit from structure and law and stability. What do I mean? What do you mean, Dan? Well, imagine somebody wants to start a business. They want to live the American dream. They've got an idea. They've got something they really want to do. They've got gumption. They've got hope. They've got this dream. They want to start a business. Doesn't matter what it is. Use your imagination, whatever. I'm sure everybody's thought about starting their own business if you haven't. But the people who do, the movers and shakers, the ones that jump off that cliff, the ones that take all the risk, there's a risk analysis that goes on. And people have gone out of business because neighborhoods have too much crime in them. Would you like to start a business knowing that maybe the authorities will just allow BLM or Antifa to burn down your neighborhood, that they'll just allow them to riot and loot and destroy things? That your business could be subject to this simply because the authorities won't enforce the law, that they want to defund the police in your neighborhood, the place where your business is, that you can no longer operate as a business because of homelessness, because people are living in tents and there's human feces out on the sidewalk in front of your store or your art gallery or your museum or your bakery. See, people aren't going to start businesses as much. They're not going to take that risk. The risk becomes much higher. When you have a political class and a society that allows lawlessness to prevail, then you've lost stability, which is going to dissuade people from starting businesses and employing people that pay taxes. You have a mindless society, which is what government wants. Talked about it early on. They want a society of mediocrity where people will just settle, live in their little hovel, live in their little hive, little tiny apartment, warm food. May as well just lock us all up and give us a guaranteed income and a little bit of food. And they can rule the world. Advantages and disadvantages of the American dream. Achieving the American dream requires, and here's what I'm talking about. Here's what I was just talking about. Achieving the American dream requires political and economic freedom, yes, as well as rule of law and private property rights. Without them, individuals cannot make the choices that will permit them to attain success, nor can they have confidence that their achievements will not be taken away from them through an arbitrary force. The American dream promises freedom and equality. It offers the freedom to make both the large and small decisions that affect one's lives, the freedom to aspire to bigger and better things, and the possibility of achieving them, the freedom to accumulate wealth, the opportunity to lead a dignified life, and the freedom to live in accordance with one's values, even if those values are not widely accepted. So if I want to be a MAGA, Trump, Republican, capitalist, and go out there and open a business and create jobs and pay my taxes and follow the law, if I want to carry firearms that I'm legally allowed to have, even if you don't like it, 
even if you wouldn't live that way or choose to live that way, that's my American dream. And don't you dare, it's given to me by God, it's a God-given right. And don't you dare to assume that you can take it from me or restrict it or limit it. Brian Tracy, great salesman and motivational speaker over the years. He's been around for a long time, since the 70s. He gave a great analogy of achieving success. And this can be applied to a business it can, primarily. It can be applied to sales. It can be applied to even personal growth or your own career path working for somebody else. And the story always stuck with me. And that is, you never get to cruising altitude if you don't go full throttle. That airplane, when it's going down the runway, it's got the brakes on, it puts the throttle forward. Lets the brake off and it goes down the runway, gains speed till it has enough lift to get into the air. And that throttle stays full as that plane ascends up to 30 or 40,000 feet before it backs off on the throttle. And your career, your business, your life could be described exactly the same way. Many people aren't willing to keep it full throttle for long enough to get to cruising altitude. And now we're fighting another battle. And that is a government, an education system, and a society that demonizes that, that is basically lazy. Gen Z, by all, just because of how they were brainwashed through the education system, many of them are just flat out lazy. They're not willing to dedicate themselves to a certain thing or to keep that throttle full for a long enough period of time to achieve success. They just want it handed to them. That's the fault of our education system. It's the fault of our society. It's the fault of our leaders. It's the fault of the destruction of the nuclear family, which is a big part of it. Perhaps even the, the biggest part. See, it's not the color of your skin. It's how you, how you go up. Remember, in 2020, the authorities let America burn. They let businesses be destroyed, looted. And they did nothing about it. And then afterwards, after this was already done, then they called for defunding the police. And many of these large socialist cities bought into it. And they defunded their police. Minneapolis did, Seattle, Washington did. And now they're seeing crime rates. That are, people aren't even not start, not only not starting businesses, existing businesses, even large businesses like Starbucks are leaving. Because for people to achieve the American dream, there needs to be a lawful society and a structured society and stability, a stable supply chain, stable costs, predictable costs. Otherwise, how do you, how do you create a risk analysis on whether you're going to start a business or not? I'm going to drop one more video here. And it's, it's a little long. I might cut it off short because of its length. But what I believe is one of the greatest uh, orators of our time, 
and definitely a visionary, definitely somebody that, uh, in my opinion, was one of the greats, one of the great presidents of this country. I know some will disagree with that. That's all right. You can do that. President Reagan said this. This national feeling is good, but it won't come for much, and it won't last unless it's grounded in thoughtfulness and knowledge. And informed patriotism is what we want. And are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents in the long history of the world? Those of us who are over 35 or so years of age grew up in a different America. We were taught very directly what it means to be an American. And we absorbed almost in the air a love of country and an appreciation of its institutions. If you didn't get these things from your family, you got them from the neighborhood, from the father down the street who fought in Korea, or the family who lost someone at Anzio. Or you could get a sense of patriotism from school. And if all else failed, you could get a sense of patriotism from the popular culture. The movies celebrated democratic values and implicitly reinforced the idea that America was special. TV was like that, too, through the mid-60s. But now we're about to enter the 90s, and some things have changed. Younger parents aren't sure that an unambivalent appreciation of America is the right thing to teach modern children. And as for those who create the popular culture, well-grounded patriotism is no longer the style. Our spirit is back, but we haven't re-institutionalized it. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. It's fragile. It needs production. So we've got to teach history based not on what's in fashion, but what's important. Why the pilgrims came here, who Jimmy Doolittle was, and what those 30 seconds over Tokyo meant. You know, four years ago, on the 40th anniversary of D-Day, I read a letter from a young woman writing to her late father who had fought on Omaha Beach. Her name was Lisa Zanata Hen, and she said, we will always remember, we will never forget what the boys of Normandy did. Well, let's help her keep her word. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. I'm warning of an eradication of that, of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. Let's start with some basics. More attention to American history and a greater emphasis on civic ritual. And let me offer lesson number one about America. All great change in America begins at the dinner table. So tonight in the kitchen, I hope the talking begins. And children, if your parents haven't been teaching you what it means to be an American, let them know and nail them on it. That would be a very American thing to do. You got to love it. He's 100% right. He read the future. He saw what was coming. He saw the erosion of society. He saw that actual history was not being taught any longer, that American greatness and exceptionalism was not being taught anymore in the school, that the nuclear family was being destroyed, that we didn't sit around at dinner time anymore and discuss these things, that parents were not passing these on to the next generation, that we had a generation of people being raised by their electronics and the Department of Education and the state rather than parents or the father down the street. 
<clears throat> or a neighborhood. Here's the none better take of the day. I am a strong believer that America's best days are ahead of us. I agree with Donald Trump when he says that. I agree when Ronald Reagan said that. But that comes with a caveat. We can't just ignore the fact that the politicians and the deep state in our society, to a big extent, our education system, is fighting against that. That they are teaching the exact opposite. That while Martin Luther King said that he had a dream that his children could grow up in a world where they were judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin, is being eroded intentionally to divide this country, to divide people, to divide races, to divide classes. Not all white people are racist. Not all conservatives are bigots, but that's what they would have you believe. Black people aren't too stupid to get an ID to vote. And they can certainly excel and choose to go out into this world and become exceptional. We are all created equal in the eyes of the creator. And the United States of America is a place where we can explore that freedom, a place where we can explore that expression, where we can have religious freedom, freedom of speech, the right to keep and bear arms, important things that aren't being taught anymore because schools are teaching about equity and transgenderism and putting tampons in the boys' room instead of teaching about the great things that this country has accomplished and how far we've come as a society. It's okay to want to be successful. It's okay to be exceptional. And it's okay to try and fail and try again. I've been well off. I've been bankrupt. And I can tell you, being well off is better. Not because I have toys or things, but it provides security and it provides me an ability to pursue other things in my life that are important and to help others pursue theirs. To, to, to put my efforts towards a cause greater than myself. And really, if you can get to that point in your life, in your career, where you can put energy toward something greater than yourself. That's really the American dream. And all the money and the jobs and the success, that's just a vehicle to get there. So you can look at it that way. I'm going to tell one more quick story here that Brian Tracy used to tell. Brian Tracy, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a great author, motivational speaker, very successful salesperson in his day. A lot of real estate transactions back in, in the 70s and stuff. And he puts it this way, to achieve success, to, to be better. There was a horse called Ahmed back in the 70s, won the triple crown. And when it was racing in the final race, Kentucky Derby to win that triple crown. 
It was a photo finish, one by a nose. Yet the prize money was 10 times greater. So you don't need to be 10 times better than the next person to get 10 times reward. You just need to be a little bit better, a nose better. And your rewards can be unlimited. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting success. Because it gives you the ability, again, to help others and pursue things in your life that are bigger than yourself. This has been The Nun Report. Thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on the radio, renegaderadio.com or on any of the podcast channels, make sure to check out rumble.com slash The Nun Report. You can see all the video and everything I put up here today. You can find me on all the socials at The Nun Report, except for TikTok, because I don't do that commie BS. Or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can link into everything right there. Anyway, hey, thank you very much for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers. Cheers.